and we are back for another episode of the Academics Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Justin D. Barnett, and today's guest is a longtime friend of mine by the name of Jay Salas. Jay and I grew up in the same city and have a lot of the same mutual friends, so we often saw each other and hung out at random events. Jay is an executive at Limitless Creative Co. Limitless is the definition of next generation experiential marketing. Limitless offers consumer engagement activations, allowing an individual to create and customize their company's brand and optimizing their moments via all major social outlets. Limitless ensures the most efficient processes and program management mixed with their experienced staff to achieve an engaging, exceptional experience for branded events. Their clients include Nike, The White House, Kevin Hart, Jordan, NFL, Red Bull, Beyonce, FIFA, NBA, NCAA, and many more. This interview took place in Jay's downtown LA apartment. If you're into experiential marketing and advertising, this course is definitely for you. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? I'm here with Jay Salas. First off, I want to um, thank you for taking the time to sit down and interview with me. I appreciate it. How are you? Of course, man. Of course. Good to see you, man. It's been a while. No problem. I'm no good, problem. man. So of everyone I've interviewed for this podcast, I think I've probably known you the longest. And um, just to paint a picture for everyone listening, I've, I've known Jay for years. Um, we're originally from the same like area. Uh, we grew up in the city called Fontana. Um, years ago, we were both doing different things when we crossed each other's paths. Back then, I think I was doing music like heavily. I was an artist. And Jay, I believe, at that point was playing soccer like in his early professional soccer days. Yep. Um, so yeah, we would always be at the same events. We had a lot of the same uh, mutual friends. Um, we kind of kept in touch through social media over the years. Fast forward, we're now in two different, completely different lanes as far as our careers. Um, even where we live, we both live in LA. Um, I'm in, in advertising marketing, same with him. He works for a company called Limitless Creative Company. Um, yeah, so that's just a, a brief, a brief uh, background on, on our relationships. So, Jay, can you start with giving the, the listeners a brief introduction of who you are and, and what you do? Yeah, of course, man. Uh, my name is Josh Salas, but I usually go by Jay for people that know me. Um, I'm about to be 30 this week, and that's crazy. I'm Happy about to birthday. be old. Happy birthday. Uh, appreciate that. Um, and, yeah, so what was, uh, you want me to do a brief? Yeah, just tell listeners about yourself and uh, who you are what you do. So, like I said, my name is Jay. Uh, I'm about to be 30 this weekend. I'm about to be old as hell. Uh, I originally grew up in East L.A. Um, my parents moved me out to the IE when we were younger. Uh, try to get us out that situation. You know how we, we I mean, growing up, we know how that, how that can get. Uh, I grew up, all I did was soccer. Like, that was life. Um, fast forward, I did everything in the IE. I ended up going overseas to play ball for a couple of years, um, and now I'm I'm one of the execs at a creative agency called Limitless Creative. Um, so that's kind of everything in a niche, and I'm pretty sure we're gonna dive into to the nitty gritty. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we can <laughs> let's jump into it now. So, let's do it. So your official title, as I see it, is um, a business development executive at Limitless. Um, can you explain um, what you do as a business executive and what Limitless is? Of course, yeah. So that's, this is actually a funny question because th- the company started five years ago and me and uh, my partner, uh, Daniel, we actually met at the club um, at Greystone. That's why we're celebrating at Greystone for my 30th. Okay, okay. Um, bring so, it full circle. Yeah, we, we're bringing it back full circle. So my role this entire time has always been, actually, let me just talk about Limitless in general and then I'll get into my role. Uh, so Limitless is a 360 experiential agency, right? So we oversee full creative, full strategy, full production, uh, staffing, anything that you will see at an event, we kind of think it through and we build it out and we execute, right? Um, our first and primary client was Nike five years ago. That kind of got us into the door through customization. We're making custom socks. Um, and from there, they kind of just kept tasking us with, well, can you do this? Well, can you do this? Can you do this? And at that time, it was just Daniel. Um, and this is when I was still playing soccer and things weren't going right, like going good. Um, and he kind of just like, he just kept hagging me on like, yo, you got to come do this. You got to come do work with me. Come work with me. Um, and I was like, no, like I'm a soccer player. This is what I do. 
I have no idea what you're trying to get into. Like, it's, it's not me. <laughs> um, and then I was just in a, in, a, in a bad situation. I was in a bad place. I, w- I didn't have a team. My agent wasn't calling. Mm. So I picked up the phone and I was like, yo, like, all right, I'll do it. Um, and he was just like, look, come work with me. We'll figure this out. And no hard feelings whenever you leave. Like, you're my guy. So within that, we've customization started the pillar of Limitless and what it became to what it's now in five years. It's kind of amazing and impressive on our end um, to just see everything come into fruition. Um, and it's, it's been developed not by having a business plan, not by these are our goals, these are our KPIs. It was never built on that. It was always built off of relationships. So it was always like, hey, can you do this? And instead of saying no, we would just say yes and we would just figure it out on the back end. Mm. So no one ever really knew what our real capabilities were, where it's kind of funny, where it's like limitless. Um, everyone just always thought from the get-go, like we were, we're a full-scope agency. We have fake emails, we have fake accountants, we have fake lawyers. Like, yeah, send, send the invoice to Rose at Limitless Creative. Like Rose didn't exist. Like Rose wasn't a thing. It was like it was Danielson behind a computer. Like okay, replying replying to these emails. Um, but now for the listeners, like this is a real this is a real company. It's a real thing. Um, we have set seven cities across the world. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of the the hub of what Limitless is. Um, how I came into my role, like I was explaining. Um, yeah, so we met at the club. We met actually on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is why it's just crazy how everything just ties back in, right? So we met on my birthday. We partied. We we went out for like four or five days straight. And the third day, I was just like, "Yo, like, who are you? And why are you here every night?" Um, he introduced himself. He's like, "Yo, I know Vic." And I was like, "Oh, Vic's my brother. So if you're good with him, you're good with me." And we kind of just kicked it off that way. Fast forward six months later, he kept asking me to come work with him. Come work with him. Is only it was only him at the time. And I was like, it's not for me. Like, this is not what I want to do. Like, I'm an athlete. Like, that's, that's just where it's at. And they had like a mini intervention with me. And they sat me at, uh, at a restaurant, Vic and, and Daniel did. And they're just like, look, man, like, we're not letting you go down this path. Like, stop being like upset, like soccer, like you already did it, like just move on. And I couldn't let go of that, right? Like I was 24 years old. I was like at the peak of my like prime. I was traveling the world. Uh, and for me to let go of that was kind of a, a tough a tough pill to swallow at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, but in hindsight, it's, it's, I, I guess you can say it worked out for the best, right? Um, and yeah, and, and kind of he just, as, as the ball kept rolling, I, I took on the role of just, it was just me and him, right? Like there was, there was nothing else. Um, and we just figured things out. Like I learned how to do a keynote presentation do YouTube. I watched a three-hour YouTube tutorial, and I just sat there and like I followed everything the the guy did, um, and everything was kind of like self-taught. Um, and I started off doing account stuff, so like doing the strategy, doing like the consumer journey, like what that looked like. Um, really, really heavy in the customization piece of, of things of like how can you make custom product on site. Um, and then as the company started growing we kind of let go of the reins a little bit and I just kind of started focusing more on growing the business um, and seeking new business relationships, uh, acquiring small agencies or boutique agencies to bring them under our hub um, and, and really, really grow this out to what we think and what we, we want it to be. Yeah. Like we want it to be a global thing. We don't want to, like we're not your boutique agency, if you will. And we really just want to take over shit. Like, so did you guys have the... the the, the vision of being global when you were first doing customized socks for Nike, like, did you come into doing customized socks like, oh, this is going to be bigger? Or was it just a step-by-step thing where you guys just continued to grow and your, your vision expanded? Uh, I think it was a step-by-step thing. Like, I don't think it was a... Prior to this, like, Daniel nor I, like, had any idea agencies even existed. Yeah. Like, we had no idea what an agency was. Like, as I was growing up, it's just like, yo, marketing is cool. If you market for, like, Google or Nike or, like, these big corporate companies. But what a lot of people don't know is that they outsource most of their work to agencies. One, because it's less liability. And two, because they're able to focus on more niche things. And they just give it back to the company and that takes ownership of it, right? Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, 
So no, when we started, it was just kind of, we didn't know what agencies were. Uh, we didn't know how big it was gonna get or how, like we didn't, have, we didn't really have the foresight of like, we're, we're gonna have offices all over the world. Um, so now seeing, like looking back at everything, it's kind of like everything just manifested for itself. I can relate to that. I, I actually didn't, like, initially I went to school for business and I got a degree in business and studied marketing just in the general form. And it wasn't until two years into that marketing degree that I discovered that advertising or agencies were a thing. Um, you know, so, so part, of, part of me doing this podcast was just me realizing at this point, um, I'm, I'm very aware of all the agencies, who their clients are, what they do. And a lot of people who study advertising or marketing are not aware of this field and it's hard for them to get um, a kind of understanding of what goes on inside of an agency if you're not actually in an agency. You know, yeah. It's one of those professions where you have to kind of be in it to understand it. So this was built as kind of like a, a bridge for people who are studying it or curious about it to learn more about the agency. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, just like you, I had that same general view of marketing as being one thing, but it's really so many different aspects of its own thing. Even when you get into advertising agencies, like I wouldn't really consider, I mean, I would consider yours a, a branch off the advertising agency, but it's not it's more niche than that, you know, it's something that goes deeper and deeper, so, um, yeah, I can relate to, to your, your initial view of, of the industry. And it's, and it's crazy because with, with not knowing that there's agencies, and then when you, and then you get put in this, in this position where you're just like, okay, there's agencies, but it's so vast, and like you have your, your, your advertising agency, right? But they also might do 80 other different things that people don't know about until you actually like acquire their services or you have like a design agency that does only renders and then you have another agency like sometimes there's projects that we work on that there's like eight different agencies working on this project and one only does staffing and one only does renderings and one does programming and one does it like at and 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 like in today's day and age i think people in that realm as like these big companies start to understand it there's more and more agencies popping up just because of the freedom that you get from having an agency that is almost feels like it's getting like saturated in a sense because now everyone's an agency right now everyone's a creative Mm -hmm. when nine out of ten times we're probably outsourcing everything um so yeah it's, it's it's just a crazy thing so um, I know you said like initially you you had you wanted nothing to do with with this profession, um, but I know back in college you studied marketing. So the question is, um, did you always know that you wanted to eventually go into marketing, or was the timing just not right um, at the time they were trying to recruit you? Uh, I don't. That, that's that's a tough question because like I I went to school because I played soccer, right? Okay. So, but I always knew I wanted to like, there was just a hustle side of me that's just like, I can't work for somebody. Okay. Like that kind of always took precedence of like, damn, like I just can't, I can't see myself in a cubicle. Um, so when I worked, so when I went to school and I was like, I'm like, okay, well marketing is just because like the business side of it. And if you want to become a business order, like you have to know how to market yourself. Like that's kind of the angle that I, that I took. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was through school. And once that I realized, I'm like, okay, well, I'm better at soccer, so I'm about to dip. Uh, and I left overseas and I dropped out. Like, I still kept half that stuff in the back of my head, even though I probably don't remember anything yeah. um, from what I took from college. But it was just, it was more, like, it was more so of like a, a, a driving factor on my end of just like wanting to be successful, whatever capacity that was. And because I was playing soccer and like, wanting to know how to market yourself and, and use it for personal gain um, was that I don't think it was ever like, oh, I'm going to go and, and get a, a business degree and, and, and try to, yeah, try to like go work for like these, these corporate giants that probably takes you like 10 years before you get to, gotcha. to even have a voice. So at the time it was just more so like this is what just aligns with me personally right now. So Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, why do you think? Why do you think um, Daniel uh, like continued to, to pursue you? Like, what do you think he saw in you that he knew would would help him with his business? He he, he realized I was good with people. Okay, is he not? No, I think he just realized that he's just like yo. If I'm good with people and he's good with people, like there's 
we're, we're just it just it just expands from there um and every time we were put in a room like we would lead the conversations or we would find a way to engage with the person or with like a business exec and we would know how to tailor him to fit our vibe right like we would walk in and be like all right can we make this as least professional as possible and just like talk through this meeting yeah. like let's not just you know it, it was just something about the way i was as a person that's like i don't that he saw he's just like yeah i can put him in a room and he can kind of he can kind of move the crowd to whatever way we needed to move um so i think that was kind of the major thing he's just like yo people love you so we're gonna we're gonna see how we can leverage that as as the business grows. So I don't think it was like oh you're a marketer or oh you can build these amazing business plans. It was more so like yo know, people just like your energy and, and want to be around it. So it would be a good asset for the company or for the two people that we were yeah, yeah. <laughs> back then. So that's a good approach. That's a good approach. Um, I mean, let's talk about the work. What are some some activations and some projects that you guys have worked on? Oh man, what haven't we worked on? It feels uh, we've done most of the All Star weekends for Nike and Jordan um, in mostly every city, starting from Toronto. Mm-hmm. So we did Toronto, we did New Orleans, we did Charlotte last year or this year. We did LA All Star last year. Um, we did Kevin Hart's uh, What Now tour, which was our first actual project outside of Nike. Um, Shortly after that, we did Beyonce's The Formation Tour. Uh, we've done pop-up events for Beats, uh, a tequila, a mezcal company called Casamigos. I mean, Casamigos, I'm sorry, Kimo Sabe. Uh, we've done stuff for the White House. We did Obama's last press of the union. Um, All right, let's pause right there. Cause we, <laughs> you just brushed over some, some big names. I heard NBA All-Star, Kevin Hart, Obama, Nike. All right, let's, let's go. Let's rewind. What did you guys do for Nike All-Star LA? Nike All-Star LA, we created a customization experience. So what we've done with, with Nike is we usually partner with them. And they come to us with a shoe. And they're just like, how can you customize it? Um, what can you do to become like to make it engaging right um, so following we did that same concept at ComplexCon the year before I think it was 2017 mm-hmm. um, where we did a shoe customization and we figured out how to dip dye a shoe within an hour so traditionally it takes like four to five hours to dip dye a shoe and then you got to hang dry it so we try to use technology and innovation to figure out how we can make this shit doper, right? Um, and doper is not a word, but I'm going to use it anyways. <laughs> so uh, we created a dip dye experience. We were able to test with the, the chemical balance of how dye works mm-hmm. within clothing and figured how, how much like the heat needed to work for it to work on a leather shoe, which is not a real leather shoe and how it's going to adhere to like the midsole, the sole, the, the lining, etc. Um, so after that, it kind, of, it kind of became a world phase of like it went viral. So we were dip dyeing shoes in under an hour. We created like a custom drying machine for, sh- for the shoes to dry. Um, and it went viral. So after that, Nike was like, okay, what's next? Like, how do you be dip dyeing and pad printing? And like- So rip- with that project, basically the customer would come in, say what they want done to the shoe, and you guys would do it right on the spot with the customer there? Yep. And they'll walk around and come back an hour later and have mm. their product ready? No, actually. It was a, a, a full two-hour session. Mm-hmm. So you would walk in, you would get your shoe. Uh, we, we would have already predetermined customization options that you can do mm-hmm. within the given time. So whether it be change the laces, uh, add swooshes to the shoe, dip dye the shoe, whatever it was, you would walk in and you would walk out with your product. So it was instant gratification for the consumer. Um, and yeah, we had Jay Balvin come through the space. We had... We had pretty much the who's who. We had Kobe Bryant. We had Kendrick Lamar come. Um, it was it was pretty it was a pretty pretty dope event, um, and that kind of kicked off customization globally mm-hmm. um, within the Nike world. Uh, you would see more and more like people oh like I'm gonna customize my shoe. I'm gonna start riding my shoe, taking the Virgil Abloh you know um, angle on it, and yeah. So back to the NBA All Star, 
we kind of did the same thing and, and they kind of came to us and like, how do you beat that? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you beat that craze? Like, it went viral, it went global. From that, we ended up doing it in Shanghai, Berlin, Dubai, like, and, and we kind of were stuck. We're just like, yo, how the hell do you take something that worked and try to change it? Mm-hmm. And knowing that All-Star Weekend was gonna happen in LA, it's just like, they've already saw Complex Con. So we need to give, we, like, we need to give the consumer something new to get hyped over. Um, and that's when we discovered hydro dipping. I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw that. Elaborate. <laughs> so hydro dipping is what, uh, is what the auto industry uses mm-hmm. to like uh, hydro dip your rims. So like how you have that carbon fiber rims or the hood or like any part of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's called, it's, it's, it's done hydro dipping. So it's basically uh, water image transferring. Um, so you print a film and you set it on top of the water and you kind of activate it uh, with the liquid and it becomes an ink form. Um, and as soon as it becomes an ink form, you dip whatever object and it just kind of looks like you painted on it. Um, so same thing, we took the same approach that we did with dip dye and we figured how it would work on a porous material, mm-hmm. which is like leather or, or shoe materials. Um, and we, we tested it probably for like six months before and and we've probably messed up like a hundred shoes within that test process and when we finally figured it out it was like a okay aha like it was an aha moment mm-hmm. uh, we were able to uh, we went back to Nike and we're just like hey like this is what hydro dip looks like and it's it, it's uh, I think I'll, I'll show you some images in a sec um, it looks like the coo- like the shoe came like that from the manufacturer yeah. so and after that it's just this shit just went crazy. Okay. Um, damn, that's dope. That's dope you guys are coming up with technology, a new way of doing old things. Um, what did you guys do for the Kevin Hart What Now tour? So actually, this is a funny story. So this is the first pro- like real project that I took on uh-huh. without knowing I was taking this on. Um, Daniel called me and he's like, hey, we're going to New York tomorrow. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, what are we doing? He's like, yo, we gotta, uh, we're going to pitch this, this idea um, and he had like a photo booth with him. I'm just like, what? Are, okay, cool, whatever. Like, I'm not cool. Let's go. To, let's go to New York. Uh, so we end up going. We jump on a flight. We go to Rochester, New York, in January. I remember it was cold as hell. And when you're from LA, like you don't own anything that's gonna keep you warm in any other city other than LA. Yeah. Like our jackets get disrespected anywhere else. <laughs> um, so we get to there. Uh, we get to the hotel. He's like, all right, we gotta go. Uh, we have to go meet with the client. So we get to this little venue, uh, and we like we're walking with, to what was the green room, and it's Kevin Hart. You didn't know this prior. I did, had no idea. Did I had he know? Z- he knew, because uh-huh. uh, he had been leading the conversation for like the last month or so, um, and this was going to be this first per- in-person meeting. What he didn't tell me was it was going to be Kevin Hart, and what I didn't tell him or he didn't know is at that time I was the biggest Kevin Hart fan oh, <laughs> ever. I'm talking about like. <laughs> Paper, like, so plain, like, paper soldiers, like, I was just like, yo, he was funny at that time, right? And I was a huge fan. Mm-hmm. So when I walked in, I'm like, and I kind of just looked at him like, yo, you couldn't, t- like, you couldn't tell me that was going to be Kev. So uh, what ended up happening is we ended up doing uh, a photo booth software for him. So we were able to create a photo booth experience within the venues that he was performing at. Um, and I was able to capture not only data but metrics in order to kept to use back on his back end for his marketing side of each city. So we were able to target like in in Los Angeles you had ten thousand people engaged with your photo booth. Now you're able to reach these ten thousand people every time you're in that city. So over over the the, the course of after it was done, the nine months that he was on tour, uh, I think he maybe got up to over a hundred thousand engagements. Um, within that, so it was a huge, huge success. Um, but yeah, so when we got to when we got t- taking it back, when we got to uh, to Rochester, we had a we, we taught Kevin's team how to how to use the software, and he kind of just took us to a room one night. He's like, "Hey, I need you to stay with us. Like, I need you to stay with us on this tour, 
and, and teach my team how to use the software. And at this point, like a 23-year-old kid and a 24-year-old kid, we kind of just looked at each other and were like, we can't. We lied. We are just like, yo, we can't do it. We got a lot of stuff going on in L.A. Like, we had to front the, the like, yo, we're actual big company and we're, we're too busy to stay. Um, we had nothing going on in L.A. Like, absolutely zero. Uh, so what transpired from that conversation, Kev kind of just called us out. And he was like, like, yo, you guys don't want this bad enough. And that kind of, like, triggered us. And we're just like, okay, like, we'll take the challenge. And we ended up living on Kevin, on Kevin Hart's tour bus for three months. We went from Rochester, New York, all the way to Super Bowl Sunday uh, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, we had packed for three days. So every city that we stopped in, me and Daniel had to go shopping. We had to go buy clothes. We had to do laundry just to last those three months. Um, and after that tour, it's kind of when we, when we landed and we just had a conversation. And he's like, so what are you going to do? And I was like, yeah, I'm never going back to soccer. Like I'm, like you got, like yeah, I'm like yeah, you got me, bro. Like I don't know what your crazy vision is, and I'm not gonna question it. Like let's just whatever it is we gotta do, like let's just do it. Yeah. And and that from there that was five years ago. So. Okay. Question about the photo booth. Um, so was this something that it was just for the the audience to interact with, like in the in the the uh, the general area for them to, to just take photo booth pictures or was this something where if you did a meet and greet with Kevin he would take pictures with you in the booth? Uh, no, this was this was totally for the consumer. Like it was a total engaging consumer okay. piece within the outside of the venue. Within the photo booth experience, uh, there were people that got handpicked to kind of go through the, the go through the meet and greet process. So it's kind of just a, a surprise and delight factor within that. Uh, but it was solely built on Kev can't reach everyone. So what's that angle that he can give the people of saying, hey, this is for you guys. Have fun with it. Yeah. Um, and it was this. It was a, the photo booth experience. Okay. Very smart, man. Kevin's such a good businessman. He is, man. It's crazy. Um, I mean, we got to talk about Beyonce. What did you guys do for the formation, <laughs> for the formation tour? Uh, same thing. So we kind of we we spun off what we did to Kev. Um, I think people after that started realizing how important it was to 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 get that data um, and to own that data. So what we did with Beyonce was kind of the same approach, but hers was a little bit more exclusive to to VIP and backstage members of of her Beehive, as as they were called it. These are like the super super loyal, excuse me, super super loyal fans. Um, and this is where, where they were able to kind of hang out, and that was kind of Beyonce's like, hey, here you go, thank you, okay. you know, thank you guys for your support. So that was, that was that was a fun one. Uh, what about the Obama project you guys did? Obama, man, that was, that was that was an interesting project. Um, one of our good friends, Jerron Smith, who used to work at Nike. Uh, had gone over to work for Obama doing his social media strategy. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Jerron. Uh, he's a really, really good friend of ours. And he kind of brought us on within the same photo booth experience of how can we spin this and create a digital platform for Obama, for his, for you know the, the millennials and, and the, the kids that actually want to know about this stuff. And how do you tailor it to them without have it be boring, right? So we came in and we created a social media strategy uh, leveraging the photo booth for his last State of the Union. Mm. So that was, that was, that was crazy. We have like a, a actual card from like the White House saying like, thank you. <laughs> you did know? you actually get to meet him? Uh, we did not. Okay. But I mean, he walked right past us. <laughs> That's good enough, right? <laughs> so I'll take that. All right, so I follow your, you on Instagram. Um, it seems like every week you're in a different city doing something different. Um, so let, let's talk about like where, where, has, where has the job taken you um, as far as different countries, cities? Man, where hasn't it? Uh, it's honestly, it's, it's the fun and the exhausting part of the job, right? You know, always being on a flight, dealing with airports. You, you don't, you don't, people don't realize how much time you lose when you travel. Um, you know, sometimes you're traveling for 24 hours within within a week span. So, like, if you look back, like, you just lost an entire day of doing absolutely anything, right? So, it's figuring out how to be productive on that end. Um, but we've probably, most of the United States, 
I would say. And we did China. We've done Russia. We've done Germany. We did Russia for the World Cup. Uh, we created an experience there for Nike. We did Berlin. We've done Dubai, Copenhagen. Uh, where else? Amsterdam. Yeah, I think those are the most like Mexico City just recently. Uh, and the last two are Mexico City and Dubai. We was actually just launching our offices there uh, by the end of the summer. But yeah, most of the states and, and, and a couple overseas uh, locations. Okay. Had you, had you done much traveling? Oh yeah, you did professional soccer. So you, you've been traveling for years. Yeah, man. I, it's, it's honestly been a blessing. I can't, I honestly, I tell people it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I think soccer just prepared me for this. Yeah. Like I think, and I, like I mentioned earlier in the interview, I was talking about, you know, I couldn't let go of soccer and it was just like, I held it on as tight as possible because it's all I knew. Right. Mm -hmm. And outside of that, it's, you know, it was my dad's dream. So, you know, my dad was living vicariously through me. So it was just like, damn, if I let go of soccer, like, am I going to let him down? Am I, is he going to be disappointed in me? Um, but now looking back at it, it just, I always use it as a, like, it was preparing me for what I was going to do next because it allowed me to travel around the world. I lived in South America, Central America. I lived in Europe. Um, I was there most of the time by myself. So I was able to, like, develop and grow as an individual at such a young age um, and how to, you know, how to do things differently from your 16, 17, 18 year old kid. Um, so it mentally prepared me for the traveling aspect of the job. And it just, and also the relationship part, because every city I would go to, I'd have to generate and, and build new relationships within the teams, within friends, within the local community of how, like, because you get bored just, you know, living at home and yeah. not having really, like, friends and you can't really call back home because of the time difference. Um, so I think it was just like God's way of saying, hey, you're good enough to travel. You're good enough to play soccer. I'm going to show you the world. But this is going to prepare you for the next stage of life. So when I was able to transition into this new role or this new opportunity, it kind of like it kind of just happened seamlessly. Um, and I didn't really feel a change other than instead of running on a field, I'm like running in offices. Like that's just kind of the angle I look at it. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great answer. Me, myself, I, I look at a lot of things the same way. Like I've done, I'm basically, if you, if you look at it in, in a general sense, like I'm on like my third career path at, at 30 years old, right? But I think everything that's gotten me up to advertising at this point was completely different, but it helped me in a lot of different ways to prepare for what I know now, right? in a sense like I did music music helped me with personal branding and just how to put myself in public eye like I picked up a lot on that and just the importance of what you attach your name to so I carried that into fashion like coming in I had already a business aspect from doing music and it helped me with fashion and it helped me um, initially just spark interest in my brand immediately because I knew how to position it and put it in public um, then I went to school school taught me the the um, you know, the educational basics of business to, to apply to what I had already done myself. Yep. You know? And then coming into advertising, it's like I'm, a, I'm like top of the class in school and like I'm doing like a lot of a lot of things. People are thinking I'm moving really fast, but really it's the experience that I've had prior that has already prepared me for where I'm at now. And it's just giving me a different view. And it seems like that's kind of what professional soccer did for you is, you know, help you build relationships, help you understand traveling. And now you're just as opposed to if you were just dropped into what you do now at 21 years old with no experience. Yeah, no, I don't think that would have worked. It wouldn't have worked, right? No, I don't think it worked. And I, and to your point of like, like I obviously knew you when you, was, when you were rapping and you were an artist and then seeing that transition into the fashion world. And I think it's just, it's all, it all manifests for itself, right? And like every situation that you're put in is I think and I'm a true big believer in like it's just preparing you for the next thing. Yeah. We don't ever know what's going to be that next thing until it, <clears throat> it, it, it comes to life. But I'm, I'm a true believer of whatever whatever's going to happen next, what you're experiencing at the moment is preparing you for that thing. Yeah. Um, 
and it, and it's hard to see it right because times get tough and and bills got to get paid and and life happens right and sometimes you you become complacent within trying to find trying to figure out what that next thing is as opposed to just kind of going through the motion and, and just doing you right and then letting that that thing happen just yeah. kind of definitely um so i mean let's rewind a little bit what's 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 your average day like at work um on my phone on your phone <laughs> in, in what sense it's uh in keeping up conversations with clients um most of, one, one of the things that limitless you know I think one thing that we're really, really good at is we become friends with our clients. So, you know, and one of our mission statements is like, we, our clients are our partners. Um, they're not clients, they're not a dollar sign, they're not any of the, of the, of the above, they're, they're really our partners and, and we wanna help them as much as they wanna help us, right? We wanna make sure that we're perfecting their vision. Um, so just mastering that relationship. Um, so just kind of keeping up with them and, and seeing how their day is and, and it's not all about work, right? It's just, you know, at the end of the day, we're all humans and we have our, our, our lives, if you will. So it's, it's that, it's like keeping up with them, seeing how they're doing. It's responding to emails, because a lot of the time I'm on the go, so it's usually through my phone. Um, and reading articles. Uh, I do a lot, of, a lot of reading of just articles and what's the new tech, what's the new fashion trends. Any, any particular <coughs> like blogs or, or, or sites that you subscribe to on the regular? Uh, no, not I usually go to LinkedIn a lot. Okay. Uh, I just started, I, I just realized how important it is like as far as relationships is one thing and, and you know, being in the agency is completely different than being in the corporate world, but when you're trying to get to where we want to get like we know we have to transition over to that mm-hmm. um so like i just started building in my linkedin being more professional if you will yeah. right um and so i go to linkedin a lot i check in a lot of our our what people are working on what people post repost um and a lot of stuff is just business right and and it's with linkedin like it's tailored to your needs or your likes right mm-hmm. so it's you know What's Nike doing? What's Kevin doing? What's these Fortune 500 companies doing? And how can I gravitate to like that on the business end for, for ourselves? So not necessarily any subscriptions, mm-hmm. more so just kind of what pops up um, that I kind of just kind of click through. Um, and then just research. The last thing, I think I spent maybe two, three hours a day just online doing research on on what's next, what's what's going on in the world, uh, how corporations are doing things different from your nine to five. Like, I think nine to fives don't work. Like, I think people have a span of maybe five hours within the day of doing quality work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of just it's it's just kind of trying to understand of what how can we be different yeah. and how we can apply it to our to our teams to like get them excited and, 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 and get them to, you know, to do their best work that they're proud of, right? Not so much that we're proud of, but something that they feel they have gratification towards. So that's kind of my day. Um, and then just meeting with people. A lot of our things is it's, I don't like doing phone interviews or phone be- meetings. I like to do, but I'm very personal. Um, so setting up meetings with the clients and going out to dinner and and just having, just like how we're doing now, just let's just ha- let's just have regular conversations, and what comes from it, we'll we'll let it be. If you know, there's no hard feelings, there's no ill motives in meeting behind people. Yeah. Um, how it can kind of be in 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 this world. Um, it's it's just all genuine interactions with with me. So that that's kind of my day. I wake up. I have a bad habit of checking my emails as soon as I wake up. Mm-hmm. I need to stop. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to figure out how I do that. I don't know. Um, so sometimes it's, my phone's always on silent. It's never on ring for that same reason mm-hmm. because then it just be, like I can't focus on the things I need to focus on. Um, so I wake up. Unfortunately, I go through my emails, and then I kind of just plan out the day with 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 everything, all the projects that we have going on, conference calls, internal calls, um, and yeah, I'm probably going to bed maybe 
11 o'clock at night every night, if any. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty long days. Okay. Got it. So I mean, you, you've been around Limitless from conception. You've seen it grow from one person to two people to being in all of these different cities around the world. Um, when you guys are in expansion mode, or when when you you're, when you're bringing on staff, what what kind of what qualities do you look for in, in people who you let into to Limitless? Good with people. That's kind of what we base it on. It's if you have good energy, aside from the work ethic, right? Because the work ethic needs to be there. But no one in our company up until a year ago had marketing degrees. Mm. Or they had maybe very few agency experience. But everyone kind of just got thrown into this company of like, believing in the vision and doing research and they just became good at their jobs and in, in, in a sense so when we're hiring we don't we don't look at your resume and say how many like what degrees do you have and it's kind of what are you good at and how can that be applied to our vision within the company and where can we see you grow um, and flourish right like what are your goals what do you want to do and if we can help that then yeah most likely you'll probably become part of the team if we can't, then I think we're doing you a disservice of, yeah. of just looking at you as another staff member or employee, then it, it kind of, it's not going to work out in the long end, right? So we take the same approach as we do with our clients, like our team, that's our team. That's like, that's a squad. That's who you're going to be with every day. Um, so we don't, we don't really look at, at accolades. We kind of just go off of you as a person. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how we bring people on as we grow. Got it. Um, so in terms of like, okay, so like I said, you've seen it grow from one client, which was Nike was your first yep. client. Um, how do you guys go about like getting new business um, in terms of like who, who you're working with? Do you come up with an idea and say, oh, this would be good for Kevin Hart, let's go out and find Kevin Hart and pitch this to him? Or do you wait for someone to come to you and tell you their problem and then you fit, work on how to solve that problem? I think it's, it's, I think it's both. Um, you know, within the last five years, from being a, we're relatively a new agency compared to these agencies that are out, right? They've been out for 10 plus years. Um, and instead of, instead of trying to play catch up to, to those agencies, we just, how are we different, right? Um, and we're very young. Like our my best friend, CEO, uh, he's 28. Um, and we started when we were 20, 23, 24. So it's like already on that end, it's, it's very, very different. Um, so at first with Nike, it was kind of, they kind of came to us with, this is what we need. Can you do it? And would 99.9% .9 of the time say yes. Um, to now... It's been a, a, a double tandem of these are their ideas and sometimes we'll go for it or like in the customization sense is we come up with the research and development behind it and then we pitch it to Nike and say, hey, this would be dope for these next events that you got going on. Um, or we, we, we partner people, right? If we know a certain brand is trying to do a campaign with a certain person, we figure out what that looks like, we build it out and then we just bring all parties involved. Um, so it's kind of, it's, it's both. We, we do a lot of here you go, um, and we do a lot of creative stuff. And now we're, 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 we're looking to take more clients on. So if they align with our vision and, and where we want to see and who we want to work with, then we'll, start, we'll, we'll bring them on. If, if not, then it's, it's kind of focused on, on who we do have now. Okay. Got it. Um, I mean, what, what's, what's the hardest part of your job, the most difficult? Oh, man. I don't know. That's a, that's such a good fucking question. Um, I can cuss, right? I said yeah, that? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, you know what? I think the job factor is I, I, I'm blessed and I enjoy what I do. Mm -hmm. So I don't think the job just comes with the stresses, right? Like trying to figure out things, business plans, etc. I think it's the hardest thing for me is trying to separate the two my job and my personal life. I think that's the hardest for me because it, it, they, they intertwine in a sense when I have to go out to dinners and 
and hang out with these people and then they eventually become my friends so we can be at dinner and having drinks or, or whatever and it's always going to transition back to work yeah, yeah. Um, so it's and it's you know and it's never an off day like whether it be Saturdays and Sundays and you know the traditional job force would you know you you leave everything at home I mean at your job and you go home and have fun and then you come back to work on Monday right like my phone is is with me all the time so if a text comes in or an email comes in I'm going to read it mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to learn how to like structure that side of it if you will I'm trying to figure like okay maybe on Saturday one day like for one hour like I'll actually like respond to things um, but then it's just like we, we deal with so many different parts of the world like the Dubai like Dubai's work week starts on Sunday and they're 12 hours ahead so their work week it's Sunday like their Sunday is our Monday so if they email me they're emailing me on Saturday Mm. so you can't really and if you wait till Monday it's already their Tuesday night so they're not gonna get it till Wednesday so you already lost four days so that's why people have to open up shops in these <laughs> countries, right? For yeah. This very reason. So this is the very reason why we're just like strategically business-wise, the opportunity that comes with, you know, it's it's that. So, and that, yeah, it's it's just trying to separate the two. Okay. Um, but it, I mean, it's I love what I do, so I can't really complain about it. Um, but at times it does come a little. It does like you try to detach yourself from things. Um, so I'm I'm starting trying to figure out how how I do that. I haven't, I haven't mastered it that yet, though. Gotti, you just said you love what you do, so let's let's reverse that question. What's what's the most rewarding part? What do you love the most about your day to day? It's just, I think that it's just the thinking process. I think that's the thing I enjoy the most, like because you're never thinking about the same thing. You're always trying to be innovative. You're always trying to think ahead. Um, you're always trying to build out the next plan. So it's that, but it's also seeing the excitement in people's faces of like being excited about the project. Um, and from a business side, it's the, gro- the growth process of seeing where it's, it came from and, and where we're at now. And it's every, every time I'm, I'm in a different city, I'm just like, yo, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, especially coming from where we come from, right? Um, not a lot of people get to experience leaving the IE or leaving LA, um, yet alone like being a different part of the world, let alone being like the go-to reference to these Fortune 500 companies um, and having a voice within these meetings. It's just, I think for me outside of that is just the, the backstory of like, damn, like, yo, we're like, we've gotten to a good place. Yeah. Um, and it's allowing people to travel, man. Like a lot of these people that you like, that come to the, to the company, um, haven't been to a different country or like don't have their passport so allowing that and and letting them get to see the world and, and we're able to do that through our company and doing amazing projects like that in itself is just like okay we're, I think we're doing I think we're doing a good service to yeah. to, to the team and, and, and to the company in general yeah um, I mean that's something that I also like I'm, I'm aware of that, like, you know, I do things now that a lot of people, even people in my family or, like, close friends don't do, and that's, that's travel. You know, I've, I've gotten a chance to go a bunch of different places just through my different careers in music and fashion, and I, I tell students now who I talk to who are, like, the traditional students, meaning, like, fresh out of high school and haven't done much, I tell them, like, you know, the classroom is one thing, but once you start traveling, um, you just look, you see the world a whole different, whole different way, completely different way, and, and like, travel is, is very, very important in like building character and just an, an overall understanding of how things work and how people work and why people do the things they do it, and it's 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 all of that and I think it's also like you just grow as a person I feel like you just you like you said you see you see like life and or the world in, in a different lens and you're able I, for me like personally and I think I mean a lot of people excuse me mm-hmm. um, you grow appreciation for what you have mm-hmm. because most of these countries that you travel for like vacation or just for work or whatever it's 
it's always going not it's, it's it's never going to be what you have at home right or the, back in the states um so i think it allows you to grow i think it allows you to become more appreciative and i feel like if it doesn't motivate you then something's wrong with your ass <laughs> if you do not get motivated by seeing the world then i, I think there's a bigger issue <laughs> at hand but yeah it's it's traveling definitely grows uh helps you grow definitely i agree i agree um so in, in terms of your, your current position, uh, who, who do you work with? Like, how big is your day-to-day team that you associate with? Let's say you guys are get a new job today. What's the meeting look like? Who's in the meeting internally? Uh, my day-to-day communication is, is kind of across the board. Uh, me and Daniel um, are usually, usually texting each other every day, um, if not FaceTiming each other for like at least 10, 10 minutes a day um, to see just overall general things of what projects we got going on um but if a project comes in today um and i know it's a real project like it and and we can put real people behind it um i'll bring in our senior leadership team which is our financial team which is our accounts team production team our creative team um daniel and myself so it'll probably be seven people um and we'll create a kickoff meeting of the overall scope of the project from top to bottom we go through a high level overview and from there we kind of resource it against our team that's available or that we feel would work perfect for this project whether it be like a basketball project some of the team people on our team are ex-basketball players that are on the counts so they would understand that project a lot more than just someone that's you know that doesn't have that background so we're able to staff accordingly um, and then from there they kind of just take the ball and and roll with it. Yeah. All right. Let me let me let me ask you something that just popped into my head. Um, earlier, we talked about, um, you know, not you not understanding uh, or not being aware of how many agencies existed and, and just the industry in itself. Um, like, what do what do you think? And in, in, from your point of view, being new to the industry and just observing and learning as you go and dealing with different agencies and seeing what they do and how they conduct their business, what do you think? What do you think other agencies are? dropping the ball or not not executing to their full potential of what what they can do uh i think it comes down to like mastering what you are good at yeah so if you are good at certain things it's kind of focusing on that and and making that an amazing thing as opposed to trying to cover all things across the board because you want to take the project on completely right um there might be an agency that's better at rendering than your team is um or maybe you don't have a rendering team you know whatever whatever it is it's that but i think one thing it's it's we're we're the newer people and i think what not what other people are agency or agencies are lacking i think for us it's more we are your demographic we are your consumer like our team is all under 35 um so we have a different set of eyes than your traditional agencies that might be a huge corporation that have been in the game for 20 years that haven't really innovated or, or transitioned over to, I don't know, doing things a little bit more modern. Modern, yes. Yeah, yeah I agree. And, and that's part of our process of when we decide what clients we are going to work with, it's, that's kind of the first thing is like how how much are you going to let us really do our job? Yeah. And how much are you really going to box us in? Because if, if it's that, then we might not take them on. Um, so, and, and, and like, if you go down our list of clients, like, those are all people who are being innovative and are, are pushing the envelope. Um, so yeah, so I think that's, that's kind of the approach that we take, we take on it, like being disruptive, being innovative and and, and kind of, changing the needle from your traditional agencies got it so i mean what, what's next for limitless like in terms of um expansion man uh we I are even, let's let's even make it more specific uh internally like what, what do you guys see as your personal goals i know you guys have added a creative agent a creative department a strategy department a staffing department like what what do you see where do you guys see the brand going next are the company going next um I think right now we're 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 focusing on those pillars. Oh, 
Um, I think right now we're focusing on those on those pillars of the creative, the programming, the strategist, the design team, um, and the business development. I think the one branch that we're going to start building out more is this is business development uh, team to make sure that we are mastering these relationships with the current clients, but also trying to see what other industries we can get into um, and tap into. And outside of that is also growing within offices, right, and creating more opportunities for people. So it's, you know, building the Dubai team, building the Mexico City team. We want to do Amsterdam at some point. Um, we want to do Brazil maybe by the end of 2022. So definitely just wanting to get our footprint in key markets and, and, and kind of growing from there. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, so if you, could, if you could go back to... What year did you graduate college? 2015? I didn't. Or, I mean, what was your last time? I think that was, <laughs> was uh, 2012. If you can go back to talk to Jay in 20, 2011, when you were in the middle of your college time um, and you could offer yourself some advice, it's for your future, what, what would you tell yourself? Oh, man. I don't... You see, for me, and, and this is just for me right like this is this is what works for me and I don't I wouldn't use it to like tell people not to but if it wasn't for soccer like not going to college on for me like that's what I feel like it, if it wasn't for soccer I probably wouldn't have gone to college um, and if I did go to college it was more so for the that's what everyone is doing mm-hmm. and I don't know if I would have got the gratification out of out of that um, because of, I don't know, it, it, it comes down to like the, the, it doesn't always work out if you do graduate. Like that doesn't guarantee you a job. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think it would have been like, damn, do you really want to go to college? And if you are going to college, do you really know what you're going to do with your life? Mm-hmm. Um, so it probably would have been. Just find something like, yo, Josh, if you're not going to go to college, like, what are you good at? And, like, how can you get ahead of the curve of people that are trying to learn how to do things in four years? Mm-hmm. And how can you actually go into the field and be hands-on for four years? And as soon as they're graduating, you're already four years in the game. Yeah. Um, that would probably be the best thing I can I can tell myself. My little, I can tell Lil' Jay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I mean, what, at this point, what, what would you say to, to anyone listening who's just curious about jumping into a creative agency or a marketing agency or some type of um, similar profession that you do? Like, what, is, what, what are some key things that you think people should know before coming into it? It's not all you see, man. It's not all the, the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, you kind of have to really, really like working at an agency to be at an agency. Um, because it's 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 long days, it's long hours. Event days are crazy. It never goes as planned. Um, so if, if if being in the agency is really what you want to do, um, go to events. That's the one thing I'll tell you. If this is the world that you want to get into, whether it be whatever aspect of the agency world, find events, go to these events, um, and and kind of as you walk through the space, just realize that a team thought of absolutely every single thing you see within that space mm-hmm. um, and if there's something that you like about AV like maybe that's the thing that you get into like you want to get into the AV the audio visual if you get into the digital signage stuff like maybe that's your go-to thing if you see someone with a programming board and like telling people where to go um, that's probably the accounting team that's that's leading that um, but if you really want to get into the agency world I don't think there's anything that can pre- prepare you to being an agency other than being in an agency. Yeah. I don't think there's like a there's like a go-to manual of how you how you kind of transition. But if you if you know people, I would suggest go to these events. Yeah. A thousand percent. Okay. Man, that was uh, you answered some good questions. Um, thank you for sitting down with me. Before we go, though, I want to just is there what's the best way for listeners to to get in touch with you if they want to reach out. Uh, personally, my IG, you can see my crazy stories. Um, don't mind the, 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 the few turnips, uh, at, at, I am Jay Salas for the business of what Lemonade's got going on. 
Uh, we have our website, www.limitlesscreativeco.com, or our social media page at limitless underscore cc. All right, Jay. Thank you, man. Appreciate that, brother. No problem. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you want to keep up with us outside of these podcasts, make sure you follow us on Instagram. That's at Academics, A-D-C-A-D-E-M-I-C-S. And you can follow me personally. My handle on all social platforms is at Justin D. Barnett. You can also email academicspodcast at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. Thank you. Class dismissed.